Hi guys, and happy belated Mother's Day. I'm so excited to be sharing this episode with you all. It is obviously a Mother's Day episode and one that I just had so much fun filming. Kate and Claudia are so kind and so funny that I was laughing like the entire time. They're just such great people and I think you will all really enjoy our conversation and make sure to check out their podcast, Stage 4 Clinger, um, and listen to their special Mother's Day episode too because they have a really awesome guest and who's a lot more famous than I am. But anyway, I wanted to quickly talk about something that's actually not directly related to mental health, um, but it's another cause that I really care about and it's breast cancer awareness. Um, I've never really talked about this or thought about it actually until I was speaking with Kate and Claudia, but breast cancer is something that's affect really affected every single motherly figure in my life. And by motherly figure, I mean, um, my dad's mom had it, unfortunately passed away from it. Um, so did his stepmom. She also passed away from it. And then my mom's mom had it and my mom had it. Uh, luckily my mom and my grandma both recovered, but it's still crazy to think that it, this disease has really affected so many strong, powerful women in my life. And, um, and then I don't know, I, I think about the, you know, timings and things. And when I ask, does everything happen for a reason? Like some things are kind of spooky to me. Like for example, my grandma actually was diagnosed on the day I was born. And my mom was diagnosed on Mother's Day 2007, or sorry, on Valentine's Day 2007. And so those are just, you know, two days that are full of like love and happiness, at least for me, for, you know, my birthday. And I just like to think that the love that we poured in for them, even though I don't obviously remember my grandma's recovery and I was very young when my mom had it, helped them give them the strength to recover I don't really know but I just wanted to really dedicate this episode to my mom and to my grandma two of the most important people in my life and really just the examples of women who I aspire to be Um, and I just want to dedicate this to them. I, I obviously was very young and barely alive when, um, my grandma had breast cancer and when my mom uh, was in her recovery. So I don't really think I fully appreciated how strong she was at that time going back and forth to New York by herself to get radiation. And it took so much strength and I just really think that she's amazing and so this episode is dedicated to them because they are some badass women in my life and I love them so much so grandma mom thanks for everything you do and I hope this episode does you proud because I love you guys
Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today, I'm so excited to be here with a very special Mother's Day episode where I am interviewing the hosts of the popular podcast Stage 4 Clingers, who are Kate and Claudia. And their podcast is about a comedian and her Christian mother, how they navigate their way through a stage four breast cancer diagnosis with a healthy dose of humor. So Kate and Claudia, I'm so excited about this episode and I'm so happy to have you guys here. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, We're so happy to be here. Yes, this is my mom's first time on a podcast besides ours. That's true, and I don't know how I will behave. I'm worried. I'm worried. Kate's on pins and needles. Uh-huh. I'm so honored that it's mine. I feel so excited to share this, especially as a Mother's Day episode. It's. Uh, I actually was telling my, my mom about how I was going to have you guys on, and I think she it made her really excited and really happy, so... I'm really excited to share this. That's the goal this weekend is to make, make your, your mothers happy. happy. <laughs> Definitely. So why don't you each tell me a little bit about yourself? Like where are you uh, each originally from? How old are you if you want to share? <laughs> What's your story? Do you want to go first, Mom? I guess I'll go first. Uh, since age, you came first? Age has uh, its privileges. Uh-huh. I don't care telling you how old I am because since I do have stage four cancer, every additional year is to be celebrated. So right now I'm 59 and I turned 60 in June and I'm very excited about hitting the 6-0. I don't know too many people that say that, but that's, (laughs) I'm originally from West Virginia, Uh, had a just wonderful childhood, just, just ran, ran around a small little town, and then went to school at Virginia Tech, uh, married my husband, Kate's father, and we lived in Frederick, Maryland, and for the past, how many years, Kate? You were four, so... When we moved to this area? Mm-hmm, past 25 years? Yeah. We've past- lived in a small town named Berlin, Maryland, and we're about eight miles from Ocean City, Maryland. Kate has a brother named Nick. He's about 20 months older than she is. And um, I'm an insurance agent who loves to travel, and this podcast thing's fun, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm her daughter, Kate, uh, and I am about to hit 30. She was 30 when she had me, so uh, (laughs) she'll be hitting 60 this year, and I'll be hitting 30 in December. And I grew up in Berlin, Maryland, which is America's coolest small town, voted by Travel and Leisure magazine. Budget travel. <laughs> Budget, Budget travel. travel. Dot com. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Back in 2014, and our town has never forgotten it. It's very cute. But I moved away at 17, uh, moved to California and then New York um, for about six years, and then back to California for on and off for another four years, Los Angeles. And... Uh, Got into stand-up, comedy writing, television producing, television writing, um, and digital content. Uh, just basically anything that was thrown my way. Uh, and that took me from coast to coast. And then once my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, I decided to take a year off and come home. And we got through her double mastectomy. And we got through it all. It was rough. I had headed back to LA, and then right before this, pan- as soon as this pandemic was shaking out, I decided to relocate back here for the foreseeable future. And I'm so. I'm tickled. It took cancer to get you back here. And then the second time a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm glad to have you. Yeah, I'm gl- happy to be here, Mom. <laughs> now, she said she moved at 17. She didn't run away from home. No, I graduated high school at 17. And went to college. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let me just make that clear. Okay. We don't want anybody to think that she's a bad mom. No, not on Mother's <laughs> At least not on Mother's Day. No, she's an excellent mother. Thank you. So were you in college on the East Coast or the West Coast? I started on the West Coast for one year and then transferred to Pace University to get my BFA in acting. And then I realized that oh, is cool. the silliest thing in the world to do, to get a, spend a ton of money to get a piece of paper that says, can act. So I just went <laughs> straight into bartending and um, auditioning. And then that led me to do stand-up and Upright Citizens Brigade. And I never went back to college. And my mom will never be proud of me until I actually get a degree. I, it's not that I won't be proud <laughs> of her, Zoe. It's not that at all. It's just my dying wish. <laughs> laying it on thick. <laughs> is that she finishes this degree because she's like at two and a half so she's got like one and a half years left and that's my wish that she completes that and I dis- vehement, vehemently disagree with your statement that that's stupid to finish your degree. Well so. it's, I, I feel like it's stupid to finish it in acting when I felt like I was no longer learning the craft and I realized I didn't want to be an actor and say things like the craft so I... <laughs> dropped out I think if I wanted to be like a doctor or a lawyer or a businessman education is wonderful uh Zoe you went to Johns Hopkins right yes I did great school in Maryland a learned scholar right great school great school great school see there they had other things besides acting so you could actually change your major but you know what we won't do this on your (laughs) let's fight this is the perfect forum let's get it all out there let's get our mental health (laughs) fighting underway (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, um, definitely. I mean, Johns Hopkins, it it was a great institution, but not great on my mental health for sure. Um, And it's funny that you said you uh, that you uh, did stand up at UCB because I I feel like I've mentioned that in every so many episodes with people because my roommate's boyfriend goes there or does um, improv there, like improv classes. And I've talked to so many people who also have done have been there and I'm like I should just I mean I'm I'm not a good actor but I feel like I've met so many interesting people and they all happen to um have taken class there it's a wonderful education I did um I did sketch writing and improv um for about three years on the at the New York UCB and it just taught me so much about timing um comedy uh just about people and the world around us and I felt like I got the most education there than out of my college experience <laughs> clearly yeah and and she owes me uh quite about six figures that we've agreed on she owes me for yeah that, so for that hopefully costly lesson or else get your degree one or the other yeah I'll, I'll write your check <laughs> okay so why don't we kind of go back in time um what was your guys's relationship like when you were growing up um so Kate like what was your relationship like with your mom and Claudia you know vice versa uh well I always love I've always loved my mother (laughs) (laughs) believe it or not no no we uh she was always such a fun mom when we were kids um and she was a great role model to look up to because she owned her own business and worked her butt off but she was always there to pick us up she was always at every play always at every um like sports game or um recital uh and so she was so you could always count on her um 
which was wonderful. And, but I think it took us a while because I think that she had in her head this perfect daughter (laughs) (laughs) and she got me instead. And so through the teen years to adolescence, uh, she, we both had to learn to accept each other just at right as we are instead of, um, you know, I'm never going to get a hippy dippy granola, uh, free spirited mother. And she's never going to get a like, j crew polo wearing (laughs) (laughs) conservative married with children daughter what did i do i know you did something terrible to pass life to get me um but we definitely worked hard we realized that there were um communication issues in our relationship boundary issues and we worked really hard to address those and Mm -hmm. now we are so thoughtful in the way that we um interact with each other especially when it comes to the podcast, giving critiques or feedback, uh, we, I think, are we've had an ego an ego death. Is that what it's called? An ego death in our relationship a few years ago, where we just it's just all love. I think, and I think that it's been great. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that, you yeah. agree? Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, I agree. And I think. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say I have always always admired my daughter's um what's the word i want strength strength or her strong-willed no i didn't like that part (laughs) 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 i can't think of any word but chutzpah you're 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 um she had the um strength or the um i still don't have that word come on play name that word courage courage oh there we go thank you (laughs) um she always had the courage to just try anything and i loved that about her i mean the reason um i got both kids into childhood acting we did like community theater and like a community um, improv class when we were kids because I was definitely afraid of getting up in front of crowds and doing public speaking so I thought oh my gosh I don't want to pass that along to the kids so I got both my kids involved in children's theater and different things and then she ended up with two artists instead of <laughs> <laughs> lucrative but we did hit we hit a um a roadblock not roadblock we hit a um, difference of opinion <laughs> when she was probably 13 to age 17, mm-hmm. where I didn't admire that strong-willed <laughs> uh, young lady as much as I did, um, I guess, about 16 or whatever. She started maturing. I started realizing you're, you can't have the perfect daughter, and they are not going to do exactly the what you want them to do. And and you your know. your image of what the perfect daughter was sounded so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you wearing khaki pants? You should and be wearing khaki pants or sweaters. And, I yeah. don't understand this. Where's your pearls? Where are your pearls? Where's your boyfriend named like uh-huh. Charles? <laughs> <laughs> but when she went away to to college, especially when she started doing the stand-up and different things, um, hearing your, I mean, <laughs> you picture your daughter, like, at age 12, and you're hearing these things coming out of her mouth, and you're, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to die. So She was horrified. I was horrified. It, it was kind of like a <laughs> baptism by fire into, um, like, that time, I felt like, I think, I felt like I had so much to prove because I felt kind of stifled growing up, um, and that had more to do with... Uh, not as much with you, but um, dad, I'd mm-hmm. say. And 
so I felt like I needed to just get up there and talk about filth, any th- filth anything that would make anybody cr- I felt like I that's just what I had to do to get into a place where I felt like I could find who I really am instead of what was like expected or projected on me so you know I did always mourn her that I would come to her stand up and just sit there and cry I thought that would be a great bit <laughs> I really thought I'm that would be a really good bit. I'm just going to sit in the front bit. row and mm-hmm. cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as you can see, um, she really likes to use guilt as manipulation. <laughs> We've gotten better about that. I am a mother. That <laughs> <laughs> means the best. No, no, we have. Yeah, we we um, accept each other more, appreciate mm-hmm. each other more, and I'm I literally she's my best friend. I Aww. adore her, and Nerd. she takes care of her mama. Who's, who doesn't need to be waited on hand and foot, but doesn't mind being waited on hand and foot. You want to be waited on hand and foot, but you do not need to be. Like on our podcast, we do, she does a cancer corner and I do a caretaker corner. And mostly I have to talk about everybody make boundaries. Everyone, leave. <laughs> it's not like, you know, when changing a bedpan, it's like, uh, no, get out of the house, get away from your mom. That toxic that person. toxic lady. <laughs> and now I think she's funny. So... <laughs> <laughs> clearly and I, th- I mean i i think in many ways that at least it seems just from talking to you guys that you have the same sense of humor or like that at least was inherited <laughs> in some <laughs> way yeah we're looking at each other going no <laughs> <laughs> we definitely have similar senses of humor but i think that we have different very different styles <laughs> so we right now we're yeah. we're uh we're taking score and her ex-boyfriend told me that i was funnier than she was <laughs> which which one ryan Oh, <laughs> and then she got invited on a on something that I what? wasn't, and um, oh so yeah, that's I'm, her score. Yeah, Ashley's inviting me to be on Girls Got to Eat, and <gasps> yeah, I'm so oh excited. Oh my gosh, that's gonna be so cool! I'm so excited. But my mom was like, "And not me," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, I would be <laughs> not I, the wet blanket." <laughs> yeah, they would. I would be a um, a gray cloud, I think, over top of anything. <laughs> Just making people give money. You to know, the swear we have jar. a swear jar, right? If you say dirty words, you have to send us a dollar. So I'm just warning you. <laughs> and it goes to I, cancer. I'll, I'll try my I'll try my best, but I think if um if you I love their podcast, but if you were on it, there would be a lot of money. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting though because it seems like you guys and and from talking to Kate last week, like are in a lot of ways very different and when I look at my mom and my relationship with her, we are two very hot-headed people, and I think that I inherited all of her best qualities and also all of her worst qualities. So growing up, we definitely butt heads a lot. Um, and so it's really interesting seeing the other side of the coin where two, you had like completely like different visions of maybe like what um like Claudia like what a like daughter would look like and Kate what a like mother would look like but still kind of butt head so it's I mean it's you know mother daughter I guess like uh what's the word just vicious cycle of like never never being able to um fulfill that I guess until you like learn to accept and love each other for who you are absolutely I think so I think absolutely, and it's taken, um, not that we didn't adore and love each other during yeah. those times, please don't get me wrong, and yeah. also, 
um, there wasn't anyone I'd rather be with than you and your brother, mm-hmm. you know, even, even, but it just took a while because, you know, I grew up in a small town and I would never have done anything, you know, that was the least bit out of step. <laughs> and Katie came into our small town like, <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> I know. And I had to hear all the time, you know what Kate did? You know what Kate did? <laughs> so it's nice not to hear that anymore. <laughs> Because yeah. well, they assume that you just know what I've done. <laughs> At 29, they don't, I don't think anyone yeah. is going to. Yeah. 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 But, and and I mean, it just, it seems like you guys, it's interesting how you said, you know, now that you've, um, <laughs> that you've been working on this podcast together and have learned to be able to like give critique without getting into a fight. And for some reason, the first thing I thought about was, I used to take piano lessons with my mom. And since my mom was a really great pianist and like was, was would always give me practices. I mean, I was really little at the time, but we could not sit down for an hour without screaming at each other and just giving each other critique. So I I'm can picture it's very impressive that you guys can run a podcast together and somehow be you know, level headed in the process. Well, you should see me uh, in the passenger side of her car. I really don't um, give constructive criticism. I just yell at her. <laughs> but, so we're not we're You not don't perfect. like my driving? Oh, my God. I hate your driving. Oh, <laughs> oh I do tend to hit the brakes a little. Oh, my You God. can get a little nauseous when I drive. Yeah. 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 Okay. I give okay. you <laughs> So, Kate, when you were growing up or, like, in those teenage years, did you ever – struggle with any type of like anxiety or have any you know issues with mental health at all yes I absolutely did um I developed PTSD in the beginning in, in high school and wasn't diagnosed with it until um about my senior or about my freshman year of college um but apparently it had been going on for years and I just didn't know and uh so that has introduced me to a lifetime of anxiety and depression and um, I'm a big believer in um, therapy and medication and uh, and it just it's an ongoing struggle um, but it's worth the fight. I also am impre- I'm very impressed by the fact that Katie's really proactive with her mental um, health and um have seen therapists, have really, you know, talked through things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and very open about this. And I think it's so important to be open because I hope that it helps anyone, mm-hmm. one person. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's a big shift that's happened with you because you used to be like, keep it, keep it to yourself. No, no, no. <laughs> it wasn't that. Go to therapy. But why do you have to talk to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the entirety of this podcast. <laughs> I know, but exactly. I, I had to change. I had uh-huh. to realize that it's part of her therapy is just spilling her beans. Mm-hmm. Whereas I like mm-hmm. to keep my beans in the refrigerator with a lid on top of them. So <laughs> I um, you for know, years without opening them. <laughs> yeah, but. I don't know. It's just so funny. The different uh, we are truly alike and so totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she would tell yeah. you anything except the only thing that's probably keeping her a little bit under wrap is uh, me <laughs> sitting next <laughs> to her. <laughs> anyway. No, I mean, I think it. I think it's just also 
our age, there's like this meme and I, I always butcher what it says, but something like, um, Kate, I'm not sure if you've seen it on Instagram, but it's like boomers, like whispers, something about therapy. And then like millennials being like, yeah, I guess what my therapist told me last week. But I mean, I've, I, I've seen the same with my mom. Who's, uh, I think like, sorry to show, tell her age to the world, but sorry, mom, she's 60. So like just about your age. And I actually had my grandma on the podcast, which was hilarious, (laughs) but also so, so great because just hearing about, you know, what her generation grew up and like, and what, you know, to them hearing any sort of mental health issue, whether it be as something as little as anxiety or as serious as, I, I don't know, um, like schizophrenia, they think of the same thing. They think of like a mental institution and all of the, like a psych ward. And so there is such a stigma around it. So it's, I don't think it's something that necessarily like it, it's really great. And I'm so happy to hear that you're, you know, coming to recognize the importance of opening up and like how amazing it is that Kate's been doing that. No, I think well, so. Thank you. And you know, it's funny. We decided with our pants, our, our pants, our cancer podcast, <laughs> our pants or our pants or podcast <laughs> <laughs> with our, our podcast is, you know how people say, Oh, he's got cancer. You know, we've decided yeah. uh, that we're not going to whisper. Yeah, cancer doesn't deserve that sort of respect. Absolutely. <laughs> we're going to talk about it, and we're going to diagnose it. We're going to hate it, and we're going to be cancer bullies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. No, it's so it's so true because I think a lot of times people feel this sort of pressure, whether talking about any sort of subject that's, you know, not happy or yeah taboo or like a little dark and being like ooh, I'm sorry and then be like yeah but this is my life now so we we just got to talk about it like you would have talked to me before I mentioned this or I think that's so important that's that's awesome that you guys are doing that yeah I think that the more that I've um in like embraced my mental health issues the more that I've talked about them and shared them the better that they have gotten because I think that a lot of I think that like uh sunshine is the best disinfectant like bringing things to the light is the best way to um I don't know just diffuse diffuse or... to feel better feel healthier mm-hmm. um and to oh, I love that have uh people who have reached out to me subsequently from talking about my experiences or mental health on on various podcasts saying that I've helped in any way um has made it I just feel like I've become a much more empathetic and uh helpful person (laughs) since I've become like a more honest and open person and so I am proud of that I am too thank you that's amazing yeah I mean I am I am can't even imagine how many you know people have just found so much like solace and love from listening to your podcast with your mom because I mean I I my mom was um I'm not sure I, I think I told Kate this but my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer um Valentine's Day 20 or 2007 so how she I like remember that day she's um in remission she's been in remission for a number of years and like I was young at the time I think I was around 10 so I didn't fully comprehend what was happening um but I it's definitely something I look back on and also just knowing that it's very much in in my um 
DNA. Uh, genetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DNA. And, like, considering I've inherited a lot from my mom, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of, I mean, I know I have to be extra careful, but it's something where now that I'm, like, well in my 20s and at an age where I have to be a little bit more careful and just keep monitoring it, it just made me really think back about how much strength my mom had to push through that and just how brave she was at the time because it's a really scary thing but I I really love and appreciate how you guys are like taking like taking it head on and just turning something ugly into something really beautiful oh thank you thank you I wow. like that we're pretty yeah. cool <laughs> <laughs> look at me Ooh. <laughs> now it just takes a little bit of the power away from the disease yeah when you exactly. don't let it, I mean, it, it will eventually win. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> no, it won't. We are not letting it win today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of, like a lot of diseases. It's, you have to treat I, and you have to worry about your mental health and there are things you have to do there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what I, I was actually um, going to ask next is basically if, Claudia, when when you were first given your diagnosis, how did that affect you? Like, obviously, it was affecting you physically, but how did that affect you mentally? And um, how did your relationship with Kate change? Well, it's funny. Um, I think this is weird, and I haven't really (laughs) – I don't think I've talked about this, but I think with my diagnosis, first of all, you're you're in shock, and Mm -hmm. you don't believe it. And then you turn, then you're terrified. Or I'm telling you what I went through. I'm sure everyone goes through their own deal. And so for a couple of weeks, I'd say we were in the shocked and terrified phase. And then once we started to go see you, we got to talk about you because I'm immediate a doer. Yeah, yeah. So Katie was trying to take care of everything, and I Mm -hmm. was kind of shocked and numb. And once we started to go see the oncologist. We started trying to use, use humor. Eye oh, 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 oh. <laughs> this is about you. you You're know, not a we. <laughs> I hate that. Time she always talks. Eye to, she always tries to say we, and she'll be like, "Our son Nick. Nick is my brother." <laughs> like she talks about us as a we. That's true. <laughs> All right. When I went to the oncologist, I started feeling like things were easing up a little bit. Don't ask me why, because a stage four diagnosis is no walk in the park. And mm-hmm. if you look at statistics, well, let me just tell you, don't look at statistics. They're worthless. I mean, nobody wants to see that. So <laughs> yeah, they have worth, but they're not good for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm sure that somebody, whoever came up with those, good on you. But um, then I went from that to feeling kind of manic. Mm-hmm. Like I had to, I had it in my mind, I had to sell my house and buy a house right in our little town. So um, once I got through the manic stage, which I didn't sell my house or, you know, I finally, somebody said something that kind of, you know, got me. Um, you were just trying to take care of all your, your affairs. You yeah. felt like you needed to tie yeah. up all loose ends. Right. But, you know, I will say this. There was one point at the beginning where I was panicked if Kate wasn't near me. Mm-hmm. And part of Kate's thing, I guess, I will not say we, <laughs> she she occasionally had to get away. Yes. Or you get, you get sucked into the sadness and mm-hmm. the fear and all that stuff. So she goes running into my doctor's office <laughs> and said, 
give this woman something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't care. know. It wasn't even my doctor. It was yeah, it was her doctor. And I just go into her office without an appointment, without an appointment, unannounced. And I was like, I need to talk to her. And I just go in there, and I, and I was like, I didn't even sit down. I was just like, you need to give my mother something for anxiety because she's having separation anxiety. I can't go to the bathroom without her panicking. And blah blah. blah. And she was like, okay, okay. And just and I left with the prescription in my hand. And, and she it for did. You. She gave me uh, lorazepam, and I don't really like it because it makes me sleepy and tired. But it helped for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then um, also, I it helps me to be on an, a, a low dose of an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. I It keeps me out of the gloom and doom. So if anyone who's listening has cancer, there is no shame yeah. in taking any of these type of medications that are going to help you deal with what you need to deal with. And then from there, I had my doctor tell me you either go through a... Um, a no-go stage where you just go to bed and wait to die or you go through a go-go stage and so I started go-go dancing (laughs) (laughs) no I started doing all the things I wanted on my bucket list Mm -hmm. and so I did a lot of traveling and um and the podcast yeah Kate Mm -hmm. I always told her I wanted to talk about uh, mainly my main topic was I wanted to talk about the movie Lincoln and how it didn't win an Academy <laughs> Award and I'm still mad about it and I'm waiting for people to take to the streets but it, it was hasn't like happened. eight years ago no it's nine years it was nine nine years ago and so she's like I want to start a podcast about how Argo beat Lincoln for the Academy the movie Award. Argo and I was like okay that sounds like it could just go on for years there's just so much there's such, such a like a built-in fan base <laughs> Yeah. So we went with cancer comedy instead, but but with a that led to us adding the segment. Let me get something off my chest every episode because that way she has freedom to talk about whatever weird stuff she wants to talk about. And she thinks <laughs> and Kate thinks it's funny to say that to somebody that's had a double mastectomy. I do because as we know, Claudia, comedy is a way to cope. <laughs> and I don't have any bubbies anymore. <laughs> what? I decided to call them bubbies. Oh, boobies. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I love the double entendres and (laughs) I, I love what you said about, you know, to any, like the advice about just the medication, because I was actually originally very hesitant to taking any sort of medic, um, medication for anxiety or depression. And because again, it's something that's just so stigmatized and my new, I had a new doctor and she was, she's super awesome. Um, shout out Dr. Friday. And she was like, okay, if you have a headache, you're going to take an Advil. If there's something wrong, like, you know, if you're feeling really down, like, you're going to take some sort of either an SSRI or um, just depending. I don't know the actual other term. But when she laid it out for me, and then, of course, I needed to see, like, a graph of the actual molecules and stuff because I'm a, I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, when she showed it to me like that and just said, and then really compared it to like birth controls and things that are like have a lot more side effects, it really put everything into perspective. And it's led me to, um, on a mission to get my mom to, to take the same kind of initiative and see if there's anything that could reduce her anxiety. And I mean, things like that, like I finally been able to get her to do family therapy with me which is always an exciting exciting day of the week (laughs) (laughs) oh we should do that one next time okay good family therapy that sounds fun (laughs) oh we can do it on the podcast okay we'll do it on the podcast Zoe you should do it on your podcast I 
family. Oh gosh, I don't know if I, if I, I maybe I would mediate or something. But, um... it, but it's funny, and I think you guys may have mentioned this earlier, but when you kind of came to recognize, yeah, I think Kate, you mentioned like that your mom wasn't going to be like a granola crunchy, like hippie mom and that Kate wasn't going to wear pearls. That's actually something that my mom and I worked on in our last session was just basically saying, what role do you like what in an ideal world like what is your role what do you want the role of a mother to be like zoe and then jamie what do you want a role in an ideal world want a role of a daughter to be and just kind of coming to that understanding and then seeing okay well how can we meet each other halfway or what's out of the picture like what's never going to be fulfilled and then what's actually something that like we can work on or do so in a, in a way, it seems like you guys have made a little bit more progress than the, my mom and I, but we're working on it, so. You're younger. Um. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have, like, four years. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. She just yeah. called you old. Uh, I, I'm old. You're old. <laughs> anyway, I think that's wonderful, and I'm, mm-hmm. I think you all are courageous to do that. Absolutely. And Thank you. it's hard to come away hearing the truth sometimes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah so good on you absolutely thank you uh, so now I usually I usually wrap up by asking a couple of questions taken from this New York Times article that's like I don't know if you've seen it it's like the 36 questions and they're just supposed to really I need a better way to preface that because I always just really mess that up but anyway, so I'm going to ask you these five questions. I was like, 36 questions. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my gosh, there's five. Who do you Don't want worry. to answer first, me or Kate? Um, uh, it's up to you guys. Maybe if, you know, one of you has an answer first. Okay. Sometimes. Okay. You want to take okay. one and then the other? Well, we'll see what the questions are, Mom, and then we can see <laughs> if we have an answer for yeah, it. Yeah, but if I don't give my answer right away, I'll forget it. Okay, then you can you can <laughs> do that. You can All right, have first dibs. Okay, the first question is, what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Oh, that's easy for me. It would be can- having kids and having cancer. It's made me a stronger person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think my mom's cancer diagnosis, obviously, but my own struggle with PTSD has made me a much stronger person today. Yeah, it's like I have this little magnet that my mom actually got for me on my fridge, and it says, uh, "Difficult roads often lead to lead to beautiful destinations," and I love that because it's because <laughs> it's true. And then, um, second question is: Do you believe everything happens for a reason? I do, I do. I think there there are lessons to be learned in everything you go through so i and of course i i have a pretty strong uh, belief in god and i do believe everything happens for a reason i think that there is a divine plan um but i think that there's also free will i do too yeah kind of kind of yeah yeah i i get very like i i don't really even know how i'd answer that question sometimes because on one hand I do look back sometimes and think, wow, if I didn't decide to go out that one day, I wouldn't have met that one person who introduced me to this other person. Think, 
like things like that. But then, you know, with coronavirus and stuff, it's hard to really think like, what is the reason like behind this? But it, I think there is definitely a lesson that you can be learned from every situation. That's how I usually. Yeah, you just have to play the hand you're dealt. Exactly. Do you have a quote, favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? Um, I do. And it's a Dolly Parton quote because uh-huh. I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan. And it's find out who you are and do it on purpose. And I don't have one. I love that. <laughs> I you don't live, have one? Have the day you have. Have the day you have. <laughs> Yeah, that's been our like mantra since her diagnosis. I should have a favorite Bible quote. But oh. I don't have a favorite. No, well, I don't have a favorite. Okay. Just anyone that has to do with um, love. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. <laughs> I got chills. Full body chills. You, you can quote me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that quote that you said earlier, Kate, about um, sunshine being the best disinfectant thank you i believe it i think that was a um supreme court justice from a while ago that said that and i'm blanking on his name but you know one of the very few men who've been on the supreme court yeah (laughs) you'll be able to track down who said it very easily oh god now we're getting political (laughs) no no i won't i won't drag you into that um (laughs) Next question is, what do you each love most about yourself? And then I'm going to add a, you know, second part to this and then say, what do you each love most about each other? Mm. Okay. What I love about myself is my ability to enjoy the moment that I'm in. Mm -hmm. I really feel like that's probably my best quality. Yes, except for when you're walking around New York and just freely in the moment and about to walk into... (laughs) the street <laughs> she won't even let me smile at children and when we're in new york i'm like they're gonna think that you want to kidnap them <laughs> see she always has a comment all right so, what do you love most about yourself um what i love most about myself is my strength i think that i'm very strong and kind yes Thank i would you. agree <laughs> and then what i love most about you Um, I do love that you're in the moment. I love that you, I love that you're fun. Oh. Oh. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Did you hear that, Zoe? I'm fun. Write that one down. (laughs) What do you love most about me? That you are a risk taker because I don't, sometimes you love the thing uh, most That you hate? (laughs) No, about someone else that you don't feel like you have. So I just, I I like the fact that you have tried and are, you know, so many different things. And, I mean, who goes up and lives in New York for a while and then goes out to California and live a while? That's, I mean, a lot of people do that, but (laughs) (laughs) no one I know. (laughs) Yeah, and it seems like you both just have a lot of respect for each other. and, And I love how you guys are best friends, even though, you know, despite, like, an age difference and, um, like, maybe having like different beliefs and whatnot it, it seems like you guys just really are kindred spirits thank you do yes. you did you ever watch gilmore girls oh yes of course so it's like we're not lorelei and rory we're Lo- we're lorelei and emily but we've got but we get along <laughs> are you calling That's me emily, so emily? Yeah. i am not emily <laughs> you're emily gilmore oh my gosh <laughs> Well, then you're her, yeah, Lorelai. Yeah, and I'm Lorelai, yeah. Oh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I've never 
thought that Emily was very fun-loving and in the moment, though. But, you know. You're an Emily who's learned how to to be fun-loving and in the moment. Because Emily's, like, low-key funny and, like, sarcastic. Sarcastic. And if they just would have an ego death in their relationship, they would just get along. along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, unpopular opinion, but she's a lot less annoying than Rory. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Rory is so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then last question, um, but you guys can amend it to like whatever city you're, you know, what defines your city, but how do you find solace in the city? So like what brings you peace, um, you know, at a moment of crisis, crisis or mm-hmm. just. I'm, um, I'm a huge nature person. Uh, so when I was, I was very overwhelmed when I'd live in New York and taking the time to find some sort of like sunny tree covered, uh, areas, like some bench, just getting outside with nature really helps me to chill out. Um, and that, I think that's why I keep coming back to the country more than the city <laughs> because yeah, I don't blame love, you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love, I love the, um, like the, I love a lot of things about the city, but I need I need a balance. <laughs> so communing with nature helps me find solace in the city. What about you, Claude? The thing I find the most comforting about a small town is knowing so many people that really care about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to find that in a big city. I mean, you will have your, your group of people, but you don't usually have that next layer of people mm-hmm. that maybe aren't your best friends but are still people that love and care about you and then another yeah. layer of people and i just find comfort in that um in a small town mm-hmm. yeah so it's solace in the people in the people you're close to yes yeah that doesn't sound like yeah. a t-shirt slogan but it was good <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's true and it's also just pretty rare i think nowadays to have that sense of community um that's you know I'm, I'm actually now just thinking about Gilmore Girls and their town where you know everyone knew everything but like had a genuine you know concern for whatever happened in each other's lives so mm-hmm. that's like our town yeah, of I'm Berlin getting more. yeah the, our town of Berlin it's um it used to be I used to feel like it was too, it was too much stifling like, yeah because people always know your business and they they care and they have strong opinions and then I found myself searching for that in every city that I lived in. I was like looking for that sort of support again. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kept bringing me back to this area. Yay. Love Yay. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh-huh. thank you guys so, so much thank for you, Zoe. joining me. This is like, I'm so excited to share this episode. It just oh. meant a lot oh. to me. And thank you. I'm really excited. But where can all my listen listeners listen to stage four clingers and if you have any like um any i guess like breast cancer foundations in particular that mean like a little bit more to you because there's a lot out there that you think um people should support like plug everything all right awesome so you can listen to stage four clinger on apple uh, um apple podcast itunes uh spotify and then our website uh stage four and we are big fans of participating in relay for life Um, so so some of the medicine that my mom is on was found during, um, from cancer research and this helps fund cancer research. So we are big fans of Relay for Life. 
We also like the sense of community. And Women Supporting Women is another organization that we really like. So when um, when we get donations to our swear jar, which we do over Venmo for people <laughs> who swear <laughs> in our podcast, it's mostly just been me Venmo and my mom, <laughs> um, that it goes to either Women Supporting Women or our Relay for Life team. Ditto. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) And you can follow us on Instagram to keep up to date um, and watch out for our special Mother's Day episode with uh, Girls Gotta Eat host Ashley Hesseltine and her mother, Cindy. Yes. And you can get copies of my medical records from Mercy (laughs) Medical Center. (laughs) Plug it. (laughs) If you want to (laughs) pay my student debt. Thank you, Zoe. And tell your mom happy Mother's Day. Absolutely. And Zoe, this was a oh, lot of, of fun. Thank you. Mm-hmm.